Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, April 30th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. It's Tony Nominations Eves, y'all. Oh, it is. And I'm Broadway <laughs> star's James Marino. And I'm on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak. As I mentioned, uh, this is the last show before Tony nominations come out. That means, James, for the third year in a row, this is our third year doing Tony nominations. We will not be doing a show at the normal time tomorrow, but as soon as those nominations are finished, you and I will get together. We will run through all the nominations, have commentary off the top of our head, uh, and then we'll push that episode out ASAP. Remember, of course, that you can... uh, Watch the Tony nominations, and I'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow morning. It's at eight thirty. It's not at eight o'clock. Not at eight fifteen. Don't freak <laughs> out. Twitter will be all a fluster. Yeah, um, but we'll do that real quickly. I'm sure whatever we have to say, we'll have more intelligent things to say later because we're literally recording as soon as the live stream is over. But um, so if you're looking for the for the for the show tomorrow in the feed, it will not be there until probably sometime around nine fifteen, nine thirty well, probably closer to nine thirty to ten o'clock. I was thinking maybe we should um, you know, pull out the sixty four most likely things and just record sixty four shows and just put the right one up. I I have a feeling that if you start doing the math, there's going to be a lot more combinations of than sixty four. I said the most likely, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point, I, 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 I actually tried on Saturday to sit down and go through the major categories and figure out what I thought was going to happen. And, and there are some of these categories. I have no earthly clue who's going to get nominated in like the lead actress in a musical category. Like there are so many options and all of the preceding awards have been so different that I I, I don't know. It's been really weird. Actually, both the both of the actress categories for musicals, I, I think, are going to have a lot of flux, especially because of some of the things we're going to talk about here in this next story. So in the last couple of days, I've seen Summer, Harry Potter, St. Joan, and I'll see Iceman Cometh. And every single day, the, uh, the probabilities change. Every time I see a show, I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, the Harry Potter show. Oh, my goodness. It is really wonderful. You mean really. I, I believe it's uh, I believe its actual title is Potter the Harry Potter play. Potter colon the Harry <laughs> Potter right. musical. Sorry, of course. I'm sorry, I forgot. Forgot the colon. Spastic colon. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Let's get into the news. Uh, first up in the news, the Tony Awards have announced their final set of rulings for the season. It's good that they announced it right before the nominations. Yeah, well, I mean, better than doing it after the nominations came out. But yes, on Friday, the Tony Awards Administration Committee met for the fourth and final time to finalize the eligibility of 10 shows and its elements therein. The shows discussed, most of which officially opened in the last month or so, are Mean Girls, Children of a Lesser God, Carousel, My Fair Lady, Harry Potter, <laughs> The Cursed Child, colon, The Harry Potter Play, um, Summer, The Donna Summer Musical, Travesty, St. Joan, The Iceman Cometh, and for like the ninth time, 1984, um, nothing major there. They just ruled that um, two designers could be considered jointly for best scenic design. So nothing scandalous there. But I just think it's interesting that they've now talked about it at every one of their meetings. Um, the major decisions from this release, in my estimation, um, are that Taylor Louderman will be considered eligible in the leading actress in a musical category as opposed to feature. This is actually something I mentioned last week with Julie that I was interested in hearing what they decided. I think she'll 
likely pick up a nomination here. This is one of the ones that was um, this category, as I said, was was really up in the air for me. Uh, but I think she had a, an actual legitimate chance to win if she had been in featured. I, I think Lindsay Mendez is probably the favorite there. But I thought Taylor Louderman, in my estimation, should win. But I, it's just. Who knows with these things? Likewise, LaShawns will also be considered in the leading actress category. And Jamie Parker of the formerly mentioned Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will be considered in the leading actor in a play category. And finally, in the kind of bigger announcements, this was mostly a formality. But in the 26 categories, which had at least nine candidates, they will be allowing five nominees, which is something they don't have to do. But they did decide that all of the plays from this season were worthy of potential nominations, although I think reading some of these reviews, some of them might not actually have been. The nominations, of course, will be announced tomorrow by Catherine McPhee and Leslie Odom Jr. You can watch the live stream beginning at 8.30 a.m. New York time, and the sexier portions of the announcements will be also carried on the CBS Morning Show, and then we'll have that super awkward pause where we wait for the national audience to go back to talking about the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and we will wait to hear about who's nominated for Best Book of a Musical and Sound Design. You don't think the White House Correspondents' Dinner is going to get a nomination? <laughs> I don't know, man. Reading Twitter today, Ooh. people are all over. Like, I had, <laughs> I have columns on TweetDeck, like, for theater, yeah. mm-hmm. sports, pop culture. My theater column was really weird. Like, it, uh, the entire, all of the tweets that I could see, one alternated for loving Michelle Wolf, then was angry. Loved her, angry. I was very, very confused as to what I was supposed to say. Yeah, I think uh, it's time to get Michelle Wolf on uh, Broadway, some sort of uh, Michael Moore type of show, or maybe with Michael Moore. (laughs) Who knows? And we're going to talk about Mike Birbiglia here in a little bit. These one-person shows with comics do really, really well lately. You know, oh, hello. I mean, that was two people, but same kind of thing. I I think bringing more comics to Broadway is uh, is a good thing because it almost always goes well, whether it's Broadway or off-Broadway. You know, those things usually do pretty well. All right. Uh, speaking of nominations, Matt, on Friday, the Cheetah Rivera Awards were announced uh, Announced their nominations. Yes. Uh, the newly renamed awards, which used to be the Fred Astaire Awards, announced their nominations last week, honoring dancing and choreography on and off Broadway, as well as on film. We don't care about film. We can... We won't talk about those, but um, they will be in the show notes if you want to check them out in full. The awards will be presented on May 20th at NYU's Skirball Center, and John Kander will receive the Outstanding Contribution to Musical Theater as a Composer Award. And Harold Prince will be presented with the SDC Director Award for Exemplary Collaboration with Choreographers. That's a mouthful there. Uh, In the nominations for the Theater Awards, Outstanding outstanding Choreography in a Broadway Show went to Camille A. Brown from Once on This Island, Christopher Gatelli for SpongeBob SquarePants, Casey Nicola for Mean Girls, Justin Peck for Carousel, and Sergio Trujillo for Summer, Colin the Dama Summer Musical. Outstanding Ensemble in a Broadway Show, Carousel, Mean Girls, Once on This Island, SpongeBob, and Summer. Outstanding Male Dancer in a Broadway Show, Norbert Leo Butts, Andre Chagas, Gavin Lee, Amar Ramazar, Tony Yazbek, outstanding female dancer on a Broadway show. They nominated like eight people. Uh, uh, Yesenia uh, Ayala. I screwed that one up, but sorry. Uh, Ariana DeBose, Haley Kilgore, Katrina Link, Sky Maddox, 
Ashley Park and Brittany Pollock. Outstanding choreography in an off-Broadway show. Uh, I'll just do the show's names here. The Boy Who Danced on Air, 100 Days, Ghost Light, Jerry Springer, The Opera, One Night Only. Outstanding female dancer in an off-Broadway show, Anna Bass, Monica Bill Barnes, Elizabeth Carina, Tiffany Mann, and Kanetta uh, R. Miller. And finally, male dancer in an off-Broadway show, Colin Campbell, Robert Fairchild, Troy Awada, Evan Ruggiero, and Nikhil Sabu. Um, there's also the... Uh, like I said, the film awards, we'll have those in the show notes if you want to check those out. Hello Again and Greatest Showman were both mentioned uh, in there as well. So uh, those are always fun. These are things that often don't make sense. And a lot of times dan- non-dancers, people who are more movers, sneak in there somehow. Um, but it's a it's a nice little nod to a part of the season that doesn't always get the attention that that it would in some of the bigger awards. I am not sure that Norbert Lear Butts ever thought that he would get a dance award. I mean, no, probably not. But I'll tell you that I I think his dancing had a lot to do with him winning at least his second Tony for um, Catch Me If You Can. The the, the Mm -hmm. dance, the tap number he did Mm -hmm. um, as uh, uh, what's the FBI agent, um, Frank, whatever. Anyway, Frank. No, Frank's the was Aaron Tavay. Anyway, I mean, he's a good dancer. I mean, it was a lot of fun in. in my fair lady. So, uh, but yeah, so very, very cool. Those things are always fun. And, uh, congratulations to everyone who was nominated. Uh, and Cheetah, who has very often referred to herself as a gypsy. Uh, do we think that she's going to say anything about the renaming of the robe? I don't know. I I have not heard. You're right. She, I mean, that's, she's talked about that a lot over the years, but I don't, I don't think yeah. I've heard her say anything. I haven't heard a lot of people say anything f- from that generation of of Broadway performers where that was um, a badge of honor. I mean, I think it still was a badge of honor until recently, but I haven't heard anybody from her generation or especially of her stature uh, make anything, any public statements. But it would be interesting to hear. I mean, it's already said and done. It's not going back, I don't no, think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think having her input would be or it would at least have been interesting before that decision was made. But um, eh, it's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. All right. What do we have in the recommendation section? All right. I've got a handful of things that I'm going to run through uh, for you guys, but I want to talk to you about some of them first in a video released last week, Warren Carlyle and his assistant choreographer. Um, he's directing and choreographing Encore's upcoming production of me and my girl. He goes through some of the elements of the Lambeth walk, which if you're not familiar is a dance that originated in the show, me and my girl, and then went on to be an international dance craze. Kind of cool. It's just a kind of a strut and they, you know, have some other interesting stuff in there. Natalie, you're a dancer, but I can't mm-hmm. assume that the Lambeth walk, with like playing spoons on yourself <laughs> is something that they're teaching kids growing up in studios these days no 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 not these days <laughs> no it's cool though i mean it, they didn't go through the whole dance but a lot of the elements um yeah, it's pretty neat so check that out um then we've got another video we got production highlights from the denver center for the performing arts production of the who's tommy starring andy mantis the show is running now through may 27th and is directed by tony nominee sam buntrock and it looks like a really po- cool production i've never seen um tommy on stage but i saw the film years and years ago and it was uh, nearly unintelligibly bonkers uh but this looks really cool uh and you know this looks 
weird and crazy in a, in a cool way. So uh, uh, check that out, especially if you're in the uh, in the Mile High City. But then here's the thing that I really wanted to talk about. Vulture released a really cool piece by Jackson McHenry looking at the poster art for the upcoming Broadway production of King Kong, the musical. Um, because of the size and scope of this show, as well as the unique source material, Spotco, which is the ad agency working on the show, decided to hire designers with experience in the comic book, movie poster, pop culture arenas to create three distinct posters in the style of old Hollywood movie art. Um, they will also actually to this vein to kind of I don't know, drill into that community with the comic book and pop culture communities. They're going to be giving away collectible editions of the posters at New York area comic shops this Saturday, which just so happens to be one of my favorite days of the year. That's free comic book day. Um, anyway, each of these three artists submitted three designs and then Spotco picked one of each to make the official posters. They're really cool. Um, but there are some of the ones that didn't get picked, honestly, that I liked a lot and kind of wish that they'd gone with. Uh, so check those out. We'll have a link in the show notes. Um, James, Natalie, I, I sent this over to you guys earlier. Did you see any of them that, uh, either ones that they picked or didn't pick that, uh, that you really liked Natalie? Did you see anything? Yeah, I was just looking through the article and if you scroll down a little bit, the, one of the ones that they actually did choose, I really liked the first one. And then there were some that stood out to me that they didn't end up picking some of the more colorful ones, but yeah, I like the first one. I think it encapsulates the show pretty well. Yeah. The first one you're talking about the one where there's a huge, King yeah. Kong over top of of the woman and King Kong's teeth actually yeah, are the words. Yeah, I just like the King composition Kong. of that. Yeah. Yeah, James, what about you? What did you like? Uh, I mean, I look at these or things. Or did it? No, no. I, I, the thing is, is I look at these things and I, I realize how, how amazing people are and how they see a different perspective of, of the show. I'm interested to see if they had given these uh these designers the script and so that they just didn't go off of what they knew of king kong in in the popular cultural sense but actually related to the show uh i mean some of them are very scary some of them you know the 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 three top uh designs that they were featured in vulture uh one is scary one is uh sort of uh the challenge of the two characters and one is the, uh, and the third one is the two characters as though they were partners. Uh, yeah. And, and so and they show three very different storylines. Uh, and I, and the poster art is really key for people on the fence, uh, whether they're going to purchase a ticket or not, or even just ra raising awareness. And if the poster art is engaging, people are going to recognize that King Kong is in town and alive on Broadway. Hashtag alive on Broadway. Yeah, and, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really cool tagline, though. I like that. Yeah. No, I I love the development of new shows. I, I am yeah. endlessly fascinated by it. And, and they've got the top people in the world working on this. That's awesome. Yeah, I love this stuff. And then finally, guys, not for nothing, but last week, the New York Post released an article about how New Yorkers are flocking to a certain Midwestern metropolis that has a thriving business, educational and artistic communities, um, which just so also happens to be my hometown. So I thought I'd mention that, mm -hmm. too, and it'll be in the show notes if you want to check out how awesome Columbus, Ohio is. Oh, oh, mio, oh, mio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did I ever leave Ohio? 
because <laughs> uh, it voted for Trump. Uh, All right. Uh, and it's cold there. It's cold. Uh, what's happening in this week's theatrical schedule? Well, first up, the Broadway revival of The Boys in the Band begins previews tonight. In his Upper East Side Manhattan apartment, Michael is throwing a party for Harold with with a surprise gift, Cowboy, a street hustler. So as the evening wears on, a game of truth goes terribly wrong. Now, there are quite a few TV actors in this production, including Jim Parsons, Zachary Quinto, and Matt Bomer, as well as some Broadway favorites, Andrew Rannells, Robin DeJesus, and more. The Boys in the Band will officially open on May 31st. Signature Theater's Our Lady of 121st Street begins previews on Tuesday. After the death of Sister Rose, a group of her former students return to their Harlem neighborhood to pay their respects. But at the funeral home, there is a big problem. Her dead body has been stolen. This production is set to open on May 20th. Mood Music is opening in London at the Old Vic Theater on Wednesday. In a top London recording studio, Kat, a young songwriter, her producer Bernard, their lawyers and psychotherapists go to battle over who owns a hit song. Classic stage company's Summer and Smoke opens on Thursday. In turn-of-the-century Mississippi, the local minister's daughter walks the line between religious devotion and sensuality with the neighborhood doctor who grew up next door. The cast features Tony nominee Barbara Walsh as well as Tony nominee Marin Ireland. Summer and Smoke will run through May 20th. Vineyard Theater's The Beast in the Jungle begins previews on Friday. Adapted from Henry James's classic 1903... 1903 novella, The Beast in the Jungle is a journey into the psyche of John Marcher, a man haunted by personal demons whose great yet unfulfilled love affair with an unforgettable woman spans decades and continents. Tony nominees Peter Friedman and Tony Yazbek star in this production. Legendary composer John Kander, Tony-nominated playwright David Thompson, and five-time Tony Award-winning director and choreographer Susan Stroman have joined forces to create this new musical, which will officially open on May 23rd. American Repertory Theater's world premiere of the new musical Jagged Little Pill begins previews on Saturday. Jagged Little Pill tells an original story inspired by Alanis Morissette's Grammy award-winning album that introduced the beloved anthems Ironic, You Oughta Know, and Hand in My Pocket. This new musical is directed by Diane Paulus and features a book by Academy Award-winning screenwriter Diablo Cody. It is set to open on May 24th. Now let's move on to this week's closings. First, Roundabout Theatre Company's Bobby Clearly will close on Sunday. Out-of-the-box theatrics off-Broadway production Nocturne will close on Sunday. Lastly, New York Theatre Workshop's The Big and the Small is closing on Sunday. And that is all for this week's calendar. Hmm. All right. So, uh, Matt, what else do we need to cover today? All right, here's some stories that we didn't put in the regular part of the show, but wanted to make sure that you were aware of. First up on Saturday, under this new format for the daytime Emmys, which I'm not exactly 100% behind, the cast of Dear Evan Hansen won an Emmy Award for their performance of You Will Be Found on NBC's The Today Show. Every member of the cast that appeared on the telecast, which included understudies, standbys, etc., is now considered an Emmy winner. So congratulations to them. But I really don't like this rule. Next, Tony winner Leia Salonga will be heading west with her once on this island director, Michael Arden, as he directs Annie at the Hollywood Bowl. Salonga will be playing Grace Farrell in the production from July 27th through 29th. James, you asked about this show a few weeks ago, but on Friday, the Geffen Playhouse announced that Mamie Gummer and Joe Tippett would be leading the 
upcoming production of Amanda Peet's play, our very own Carlin McCullough, from June 19th through July 29th. This show replaces Neil LeBute's Fat Pig, which was canceled for still yet to be announced reasons in February. And finally, which we mentioned earlier, a day after the show was first announced, we learned that Mike Berbiglia, the new one, had already extended at the Cherry Lane Theater because the entire initial run of the show, which begins on July 26th, sold out almost immediately. So producers added two more weeks to the run, and the show will now play through August 25th with no further extension possible, at least at the Cherry Lane, because another show is scheduled to load into the venue on the 27th. If you would like more information on any or all of these shows, please check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. Yeah, for Briglia, um, you know, maybe they could buy out the other show's run, like uh, Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got the same kind of money that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child does. <laughs> All right, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt And Natalie, happy birthday. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, and remember, James and I will be back sometime between 9.30 and 10 for tomorrow's episode. Natalie, as a birthday present, why don't you tell people where they can find you online? All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalie underscore Nowak. Wow. It's the perfect perfect size and perfect color. My name is James <laughs> Runa from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. As Matt said, we'll be back a little bit later on uh, Tuesday morning. And then uh, we'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.